0: Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in to today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Making sure my mic is working, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I am so excited that you are here this morning. If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and welcome to the Faith Mamas Tribe. I'm so excited that you're here, and we are studying Judges chapter two today. Uh, and Judges chapter one was a doozy. So we're studying Judges chapter two today. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, you are absolutely in the right place. But before we jump in, I want to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. Hi, Quintia. Ah, I'm so excited. Good morning, Lashana. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, April. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Nisha. Good morning, Roma. Good morning, Shelly. Amen. April says, I'm grateful for the health and wellness group. So excited. Yay, I'm so excited you're in there, April. Awesome. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Allison's doing some great work. Allison and CJ are doing some great work in that group. And Allison is starting a challenge um, soon. So make sure that you guys get in that group based on some of the things that we talked about yesterday and some of the things that God is asking us to get rid of. This group is going to be an amazing resource. So I encourage you to get in that group today. Comment on the first post of the challenge and go through the challenge alongside your sisters. Good morning, Bridget. Oh, I see my mama in the app, Christina Steele. That's my mama. Hey, mama. So excited that you're here this morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, y'all. Good morning, Lilith. So excited to see all of y'all. Okay, you guys. So you guys know how we like to do it. Before we jump into the chapter of the day, let's start our time off with some gratitude. What are you grateful to God for this morning? What are you grateful to God for this morning? April already started us off. She's saying she's grateful for the health and wellness group. Me too, sis. That group is full of tons of resources. It's amazing. Nisha says, I'm grateful to God for doing great works in my husband and in my marriage. Amen. Hallelujah. Bevy says, I'm so grateful. Although I was unworthy, Jesus held on through to the commitment of the cross. Woo. Hallelujah. Man. Yep. Yep. This week gets you really at least. At least I reflect on it often. But this week, as we're working or going towards uh, Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, um, it really like you're like wow. Jesus was willing to die on a cross for us. Like that just blows my mind. Wow. Good morning, CJ. Amen. Erica says, I'm grateful that I'm finally on the right medication. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 My mom says, I'm grateful that I'm off today. No 16 hours today. Time to recharge. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning, Tess. So glad to see you. You guys know what I'm grateful for. I am so grateful that Version published my five-day reading plan yesterday. Ah! Y'all, I was so excited. I was like literally in work because I do work from home. So I was literally at work doing like moderating a group and I get the message and I'm like, oh, and I got to log in. I don't even know if you guys can see it, Um, but I'm going to pull it up here because I was like super pumped. Suit like super pumped, and I want to show you guys because I know that you guys have been praying for me. Um, and I so appreciate it. So let me pull it up so that you guys can see it. I don't know if y'all can see it, but yes, the u version plan is up, and it's called Look Again Learning to See God in the Midst of the Storm. So I would love it if you guys would check it out and um, you know, rate it if rate it if you like. I am so excited. Woohoo! And if you guys want uh, to do to to do the plan together with me, please let me know. And I, you know, we can be friends on you version. Let me know in the um, in the Faith Mamas app. But I'm just really like y'all, I'm really, really excited. I'm really excited about it. Uh, uh, I Quintier says, uh, I am grateful for an amazing birthday. God bless me to feed and pray for the homeless it was amazing oh it's a beautiful way to to spend your birthday ellen says grateful for a new opportunity at work and praying it goes well praise the lord we're standing with you and praying with you as well ellen lilith says i'm grateful to god for everything for being who he is he is amazing hallelujah yes he is yes he is nydia says good morning sisters We are princesses, daughters of the King of Kings because the Prince of Peace made peace for us through his sacrifice. What a God, what a savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hi, Quintia, yay, you version, woo woo, on deck. I love it. Allison says, I'm grateful for how God uses each of us to help one another. Women in here help me and I love when I can help others. God knows when to put people in. In our past, for just the right purpose, hallelujah, hallelujah, yay! Bridget says she already started the plan. Praise God! I pray that it it encourages you and blesses you. Um, Roman says grateful for the unchanging love of Jesus. Hallelujah! Roman says yes, I started the plan. Woohoo! Yay, yeah, that's exciting. Audrey says I'm grateful for his for this holy week this time my eyes and heart is being enlightened with deeper revelation. Love it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Bevy, for celebrating with me. I really appreciate it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Judas says, I'm grateful for Mornings with Jesus, the devotional's great red day one. Woohoo! Y'all, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you know, I got to do one more gratitude shout out. I don't know if he will watch this, but if you guys can like get excited with me. Today is my husband's birthday, y'all. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. So if you are watching this, Steve, or if you watch the beginning, maybe I'll have you watch the beginning. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. Uh, Jessica says, I'm grateful to know God. I don't always get it right, but he still chose me. Come on. Grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Tess says, "For God's love, peace, mercy, and grace." Amen. Allison says, "Happy birthday, Steve Young." Yes, happy birthday. Nene says, "Happy birthday, Steve." Yay! Oh, thank you, guys. Ellen says, "Happy birthday." Nietzsche says, "Happy birthday." I'm gonna get my husband to watch the beginning of this and be like, "Everybody was say happy birthday to you." <laughs> so, yay! Oh, y'all, I'm so excited. Today is an amazing day. Um, and I'm just really, really excited, really, really excited about all that God is doing. Hey, Heather, thank you so much. I'm really excited for all God is doing y'all. We are about to jump into judges chapter two, but don't let me stop your praise. Come on. Jessica says, I'm also grateful for a sound mind. You have had to almost have lost it to understand where I'm coming from. Honey, honey, I understand. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord for a sound mind. She said, you have to have almost lost it to understand where I'm coming from, honey. I get it. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yes, I understand. All right, y'all, we're getting ready to jump into Judges chapter two. We're going to pray in, but don't let me stop your praise. If you got a praise and you gotta let it out, keep typing it out, keep shouting it out, keep letting God know. Even if you gotta pause right here and be like, Look, I'ma pause and I'm gonna let God know that I'm grateful for him. Hallelujah. I'm gonna let God know that he is good. Um, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just let him know. Just let him know. My nose is doing the morning thing, I think, because we left the window open down here. So it smells like outside. <laughs> so all right, here we go. Here we go. We're gonna get ready to pray. In, Amen. God is so good. Mm, God is so good. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to study your word together once again. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come together to read your word, to to dig into the scriptures, Lord God. There is none like you, and Lord, this time is so precious that we get to do this together um, as a community and just, Lord, thank you. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that Mornings with Jesus was your idea. Thank you, Lord God, that, that that even when I didn't understand it, even when I didn't think it was gonna work out, you knew, you knew who would need it, needed. you knew who would come. And so Lord, I'm just so grateful and thank you, thankful for what you're doing. Lord, I pray that as we move into uh, Judges chapter two, that you would help us to see you better, to know you better, and that you would help us to understand your heart and understand you better. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, where you lead us today, as we study your word, where where you lead us, we will follow in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. All right, y'all, let's jump into Judges chapter two. If this is your first time reading with us, we read the chapter two times through. The first time I encourage you just to soak it in. You can close your eyes. You can imagine what's happening um, in the story. And then the second time, feel free to grab your pens, your highlighters, take notes, highlight keywords, write in the margins. And then we're gonna go into a time of personal reflection where you just can kind of think about or process through some of the things that you wrote. And then we're gonna come back for a time of corporate reflection where we bring all of our personal reflections together and see what God does and where God leads us. All right, if that sounds like something you are interested in, you are absolutely in the right place, and we're going to start with Judges Chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from the CSB translation, the CSB translation, but you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. Okay, here we go. Judges Chapter 2. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land I had promised to your fathers. I also said, I will never break my covenant with you. You are not to make a covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You are to tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? Therefore, I now say, I will not drive out these people before you. They will be thorns in your side and their gods will be a trap for you. When the angel of the Lord had spoken these things, these words to all of the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they named the place Bokim and offered sacrifices there to the Lord. Previously, when Joshua had sent the people away, the Israelites had gone to take possession of the land, each of his own inheritance. The people worshiped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetimes of the elders who outlived Joshua. They had seen all of the Lord's great works he had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance. In Timnath-Herez, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshiped the the Baals and abandoned the Lord the God of their fathers who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed their gods from the surrounding peoples and bowed down to them. They angered the Lord for they abandoned him and worshiped Baal and the Ashtoreths. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and he handed them over to the marauders who raided them. He sold them, to, he sold them to the enemies around them and they could no longer resist their enemies. Whenever the Israelites went out, the Lord was against them and brought disaster on them, just as he had promised and sworn to them. So they suffered greatly. The Lord raised up judges who saved them from the powers of their marauders, but they did not listen to their judges. Instead, they prostituted themselves with other gods, bowing down to them. They quickly turned from the way of their father's who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. They did not do as their fathers did. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for Israel, the Lord was with him and saved the people from the power of their enemies while the judge was still alive. The Lord was moved to pity whenever they groaned because of those who were oppressing and afflicting them. Whenever the judge died, the Israelites would act even more corruptly than their fathers, following other gods to serve them and bow and worship to them. They did not turn from their evil practices or their obstinate ways. The Lord's anger burned against Israel. He declared, because this nation has violated my covenant that I made with their fathers and disobeyed me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I did this to test Israel and see whether or not they would keep the Lord's way by walking in it as their fathers had. The Lord left these nations and did not drive them out immediately. He did not hand them over to Joshua. Let's read this one more time. Here we go. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land. I promised you, I promised to your fathers I also said, I will never break my covenant with you. You are not to make a covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You are to tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? Therefore, I now say, I will not drive out these people before you. They will be thorns in your side and their gods will be a trap for you. When the angel of the Lord had spoken these words to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they named the place Bokim and offered sacrifices there to the Lord. Previously, when Joshua had sent the people away, the Israelites had gone to take possession of the land, each to his own inheritance. The people worshiped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetime of the elders who outlived Joshua. They had seen all the Lord's great works he had done for Israel, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timnath herez in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshiped the Baals and abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed other gods from the surrounding people and bowed down to them. They angered the Lord for they abandoned him and worshiped Baal and the Ashtoreths. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and he handed them over to the marauders who raided them. He sold them to the enemies around them and they could no longer resist their enemies. Whenever the Israelites went out, the Lord was against them and brought disaster on them just as he had promised and sworn to them. So they suffered greatly. The Lord raised up judges to save them from the powers of their marauders, but they did not listen to their judges. Instead, they prostituted themselves with other gods, bowing down to them they quickly turned from the way of their fathers who had walked in obedience to the Lord's command. They did not do as their fathers did. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for the Israelites, the Lord was with him and saved the people from the power of their enemies while the judge was still alive. The Lord was moved to pity whenever they groaned because of those who were oppressing and afflicting them. Whenever the judge died, the Israelites would act even more corruptly than their fathers, following other gods to serve them and bow and worship to them. They did not turn from their evil practices or their obstinate ways. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and he declared, because this nation has violated my covenant that I made with their fathers and disobeyed me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I did this to test Israel and to see whether or not they would keep the Lord's way by walking in it as their fathers had. The Lord had left these nations, did not drive them out immediately. He did not hand them over to Joshua. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read Judges chapter two together. Lord, we pray that as we move into a time of reflection, that you would lead and guide our reflection time, that you would help us to see what we couldn't see before, that you would show us yourself and that you would draw us closer to you. Lord, we thank you and we ask you to have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, let's move into a time of personal reflection and then we'll come back for corporate reflection. Here we go. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> we are back. And um, before we jump into corporate reflection, you guys know I've been liking to share a little bit of background um, that we may not know. So I want to share background on two things. Number one is the judges that um, we're going to hear referred to throughout this book are not like judges with a gavel. They are um, warriors, pretty much. They're like chiefs. Um, and their their title is called judges. So they They fight on behalf of Israel. And so that is who these people are. The next thing is quite disturbing. um, So I wanna put that out there, but I want us to understand, we see this God named Baal come up a lot um, throughout the Old Testament. um, And Israel oftentimes falls into worshiping Baal. And if we don't understand what worship of Baal looks like, We can easily kind of gloss over that and say, oh, you know, they're worshiping another God. They should probably stop doing that. But Baal worship was horrendous. Like it was horrendous. I'm just gonna read a little bit about it. It said, Baal worship looked like this. Adults would gather around the altar of Baal. Infants would then be burned alive as sacrificial offerings to the deity, Baal. Amid horrific screams and the stench, Congregants, men and women, would then engage in bisexual orgies. The ritual of convenience was intended to produce economic prosperity by prompting Baal to bring rain for the fertility of Mother Earth. And it goes on to say the natural consequence of such behavior. Which is pregnancy and childbirth, and the associated financial burdens of unplanned parenthood were easily offset. One could either choose to engage in homosexual conduct, or they could sacrifice, they could um, sacrifice that child um, that became available on demand and could simply take part in another fertility ceremony to terminate the unwanted child. So this was the worship of Baal. So when it says that Israel start, turned from, when it says that Israel turned from God and worshiped Baal, this is what they were doing. Um, and this is, this is the issue that God had with the nations in the area, because this is what they were doing regularly to worship um, Baal. And we will see this name come up regularly in Israel's um, history. And it'll be like, Israel is worshiping God. And then Israel shifts to worshiping Baal. And I just wanted to read that so that we could get an understanding of how serious Baal worship was. It wasn't just, oh, I'm worshiping another God like I'm worshiping my God. No, this was horrible. It was horrible. Lots of innocent children died because of it. um, And they did it for money. They wanted this particular God um, to bless them financially. So they were willing to do this so that they could prosper. Like, and this is what Israel turned to. Instead of worshiping God, they turned to worshiping Baal so that they could be prosperous. All right, let's jump in. What's standing out to you guys? CJ says, verse one through four, 11 through 16 and 19 through 23 stood out. This makes me ponder what ways have we made covenants with other idols? This has scared me straight. (laughs) Yeah, and the reason that they were doing it, we have to understand the gods they were worshiping and the way and the horrible things they were doing was all to get money. They wanted these gods to bless them with money. So when you feel like God isn't blessing you with the money that you want or the prosperity that you want, you just go find another God that'll give you the money that you want and the prosperity that you want. Most of the time, these gods that they worshiped were either about financial prosperity or they were about fertility. One or the others, typically the the gods that they found themselves worshiping, And but the interesting thing is similarly in us, we bounce around for prosperity's sake, for financial finances sake. Where can I find the money? Who's going to give me the money? And we see it throughout Israel's history is that that is one of those things that has constantly caused them to drift away from God. God wasn't doing it fast enough. Let's see if this God over here will do it faster. And I'll be willing to do whatever it takes to get this God over here to bless bless me with prosperity, bless the land with fertility. Erica says, verse 1, 10, 15, 22. Let's go to 22. I did this to test Israel and to see whether or not they would keep the Lord's way by walking in it as their fathers had. The Lord left these nations and did not drive them out immediately. He did not hand them over to Joshua. So there was a, there came a time where God told Joshua to stop. Remember, he told Joshua to stop and it became the responsibility of the of the tribes of Israel to see what they would do with these nations that that God told them to drive out. And instead of doing anything with them, they kept them there. They didn't do what God asked them to do, told them to do. They kept them there. (sighs) Allison says, verse 17 through 23, mostly 22. What if hard situations are a test of our faith? Not everything can be explained, but this perspective gives power to step up my game of staying faithful. Come on. Staying faithful. Bevy says verse 11 through 13, 16 through 19. My Lord, like the Israelites, sin will take us further than we had anticipated we would go. It's the truth. Romans says verse 10, the Israelites were repeatedly instructed to teach their children who God is and all that he has done. There is no excuse why this generation had no knowledge of him. Mm. Lilith says, verse one through four. Yeah. When the angel of the Lord went up and said, and, and and listed out the things that God had done, listed out the things that God had done. And then at the very end of all this stuff, it says, so they named the place uh, Bokim in verse five and offered sacrifices there to the Lord. God wanted obedience and they're like, oh, we're so sorry, let's offer sacrifices. But God is like, but what I am asking you for is obedience. Come on. Mary said, did the previous generation not leave evidence of God for this generation? Mm. Nanette asks, Baal worship is satanic worship? It's really close. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Like if you if you look up Baal worship, because a lot of nations worshiped Baal. This was not just like a lot of nations. So you can find a lot of history on Baal worship. It was horrible, horrible. When we think of worship, God, we think of singing songs. We think of worshiping with our life. We think of obedience, but Baal worship was horrible. Like it was, it was horrible. And that was what the nations were doing when God sent Israel in there. And it was just like, nope, I'm wiping out these nations because that was the behavior. That was what they were doing. Mm, 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 mm. It was just horrible. Mary says, wow, Baal allowed them to do whatever without limits, boundaries, or conviction. And we have to understand, I believe that the reason we have to understand what they were doing is because it's a trap that gets in easily. Why were they worshiping Baal? For prosperity, for prosperity it shows the lengths that people will go if they think that it will make them money If you ever decide to research Baal worship and you will find that oftentimes Israel, they can't, they would get rescued by God and oh, they would praise God. And then they would fall right back into this Baal worship, trying to get prosperity from the land from Baal and in these horrendous ways, in these horrendous ways. I see someone that says, verse 10, I Quintier says, verse 10, like how did they know, how they did not know about the things God did for them? Did they, they didn't tell their kids like Moses and Joshua told them? Very likely. Or their kids didn't see evidence and kind of wrote it off as if, oh, nah, who knows? But somehow they got in their mind that this other God, that other pe- the other people were worshiping would get them what they needed faster and better. Nisha says, verse 11, 12, and 13, the other gods represent our fleshly desires. Seems other gods offered immediate fulfillment, immediate sacrifice, immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Nidia says, this, this chapter in view, of life without the dwelling of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There's a forgetfulness, come on, of his works and goodness. There is a a run to satisfy the desires of the flesh and of the mind. There's a lack of love for our children and our neighbors. We need to stay in the straight, narrow way with the help of the Holy Spirit. Judith says, it makes me wonder what other gods I have made covenant with. Ooh, mm-hmm. Jessica says, wow, this is insane. Somehow today, we also have bowed to other gods and authority for what we think we need. Bailey said, that's interesting. So instant gratification is not new. (laughs) Not at all, sis. Not at all. Obviously, said, build ourselves on the with the word so that we don't fall into this trap. Mary says, yes, obedience is better than sacrifice. The scripture, 1 Samuel 15, 22. Why can't we do right the first time? If we do things from the beginning, we wouldn't have to face some of the issues we have. Judas says, we can still think we can offer sacrifices, offerings, tithes to appease God while we are walking in disobedience. CJ says, it's like a slap in God's face because he blessed the Israelites with more than they deserved, but even that wasn't enough. They allowed greed to overtake them. Allison says, people are easily tempted, especially if lots of people are doing it. Yeah, whatever it happens to be, it takes courage to not do what everyone else is doing. Being set apart is not the norm. Come on. Mary says, if you put things in the right place, you will find them. If you seek God first, he can save you from what's ahead. If we put right things or people before us, it will not cause pollution. Whoo we. One of the things that we see throughout scripture, even in Jesus's day, is that we have this idea that miracles and prosperity and abundance will save us. If God would just bless me with this, if God would just do this for me. If God would just do that for me. Or we we will, we will look for his we will look for him in like okay, I just need God to do this. I just need God to do this. But over and over and over again throughout scripture and in Jesus's day we see people chasing God for the miracles. But when he does something they don't like or on a time frame they don't like, they will try to find another God that will do it for them faster. This is, I believe, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it, this is the danger of what, what we call in this day and time, the prosperity gospel. This is the danger of it, I believe. I believe there's like some truth to some of the things, but this is the big danger to it. When you begin to focus on God for just prosperity, abundance, I want money, I want the car, I want the this, I want the that, Lord, give me, give me, give me, right? When we do that, and we're like, how much tithe do I have to give for God to bless me? How much over offering do I have to put in the bucket for God to bless me with the finances I need over here? What is the the good, like how many times do I got to pray for God to bless me over here? The, The danger of this, is that we chase God for the miracle and then if he gives it to us or if he doesn't, eventually we will want more. It's the insatiable appetite of the flesh. We have to realize that the flesh cannot be satiated. The flesh will always be hungry. The flesh is always going to want more. So when I follow God based on what the flesh wants, and even if God gives it to me or if he doesn't, the flesh will be like, oh, that was nice, but I need more. And eventually you'll turn to something else to get what you think you need. For the children of Israel, they turn to Baal. Like that just blows my mind. But how many times do we turn to other things? We turn to the the gurus that tell us, oh, you got to do this and this and this so you could get ten thousand dollars a month so that you could get hundred thousand dollars a month so you could do this. okay, come on, work hard. next thing you know you're not spending any time with your family. Next thing you know you don't have time you know to, to be with your husband. next thing you know you're not even you're not spending no time with God. you're just oh head, head in trying to trying to get all the things done so you can make this money so you can make this money. It is dangerous. Because you get there and it's still not enough. Come on. Jessica said another God could be money, relationships. Come on. Careers. Money, relationships, careers. Allison said following the crowd is a huge temptation for most people. Some things can seem as not as bad as murder, but temptation can still change people's behaviors. Think about parties. Woo! It's true. Bevy says, Father, as we reflect on this Holy Week and, and read the chapter, it reminds us that Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. And there are no quick fixes in life, come on. The quick fixes are dangerous. Debbie says the danger of the prosperity gospel, stop chasing God for more because eventually... Eventually, you're not going to like what God says or does, and you're going to turn away and try to find some other way to get what you want. That's what happened throughout Israel time. That's what happened with Jesus. The same thing happened with Jesus. Jesus healed them. Jesus did this and that. And we're just like, whoa, Jesus. But immediately when Jesus started talking about salvation, when Jesus started talking about following him, when Jesus started talking about sacrifice, when Jesus started talking about laying down all of your riches in order to follow him, but people couldn't take that and then, oh, no, 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 never mind. When Jesus had to hang on the cross for the next level of this the salvation that you're talking about, people are like, "Oh no, 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 no! I was following him because stuff was good. Like I don't know what this is." That's why we have to constantly check our hearts. Why am I really following God? Why? Allison says, if everyone else is eating cake or drinking alcohol at parties, it's easy to become tempted. Internal cravings and an external pressure to fit in. Yeah, and that happens. This is happening here and we see it. We see the the nations that they they kept here to stay here. They were doing this and they, you know, one thing I just don't, (laughs) sometimes, I'm just like, what? So the the people that were originally worshiping Baal were were enslaved. (laughs) This is horrible, but they were enslaved by Israel. But somehow Israel thought it was a good idea to worship their gods that got them to where they were. Sometimes we don't. Do we check the fruit of what we're chasing? Do we check the fruit of what we're chasing? You guys, these nations spend time worshiping Baal and their nations were either wiped out mostly or they were enslaved. But yet we're going to go and worship their gods. But how often do we do that? We listen to somebody that's really like charismatic and has got all the things all together. And, oh, yeah, I want to I want to do what they're doing. I want to get money the way they're getting money. But are we are we paying attention to their fruit? Their marriage might be falling apart. Their family falling apart. They don't have no time for nothing. You know, they're, they're they're tired all the time. They have no energy at all. And we're like, yeah, I want what they got. I want what they got. Ooh, They got money. They got nice cars. it's like do i really want what they have oh they got a big house they got a big house but inside that big house their family hates each other oh i want i want what they got i want what they got Nanette says, be set apart by staying abiding in Christ Jesus. Yo, come on. Bailey says, now I see the significance of driving out the enemy in the land. Bad company corrupts good people. Since they couldn't drive them out, they were around Baal worshipers. Be careful who you are around. Oh, Barb says, teachable moment. So was so was Baal was like the golden calf. They weren't worshiping a person, the mind and hearts of man. Yeah. Bailey said the importance of knowing all of God's character. Come on. Audrey says, when we chase after money rather than God, we get burned out. Erica says, everything was taken away from me at the mental hospital, but now I've started falling back to my old ways. God, help me. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Jessica said, make it make sense, Israel. (laughs) Make it make sense. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. We do the same thing. And the one beautiful thing we see is that every time they cried out to God, he had pity on them and he came and rescued them. And he didn't turn his back on his covenant that he made with Abraham. But he didn't condone what they were doing. Colina said, Romans says, for they that are after the flesh. Do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are of the spirit, the things of the spirit. Romans uh motivational Mary <laughs> says also we need to understand we don't need someone present all the time. I'm the natural in the natural to instruct us on what thus saith the Lord. Haven't hasn't God done enough for you to follow? Come on. Nidia says, forgive me, Lord, for not being steadfast in loving you, appreciating you, thanking you, adoring you. Cast down every high thing I've exalted above knowing you. Transform me by renewing my mind that I may know what is your good and acceptable and goodwill. Amen. Judith said, instead of them rubbing off on the culture, they allowed their enemies, the culture to rub off on them. (laughs) Mary says, flashy ain't faithful. Come on. (laughs) Genesis, it's always easier to pull someone down than to pull them up. Surround yourself with people who are strong in Christ so you can help each other Jessica says, tell the truth and shame the devil. We too look in the natural realm for things and that's outside of God's standards. Allison, yeah, Allison says, Joshua constantly encouraged, be strong and courageous. These are wise words even today. We have to constantly be reminded to stay strong and courageous daily. Throughout the scriptures, if we can if we can peel back the layers, there are a few things, a handful of things that constantly caused Israel to fall. And I believe that they are in the scriptures for a reason. There are a few things that const- constantly caused Israel to fall. Number one was money, chasing prosperity constantly caused them to fall into worship of other gods. I believe that's a a warning to us. The specifics of what caused them to fall, I believe are important as well. Number one is prosperity. Number two is sex. Throughout, we typically when we see Israel falling, or even if we go back to, there was a, a false prophet named Balaam, And one of the surrounding nations wanted to hire Balaam to help him to speak a curse over the children of Israel. And he basically said, Look, I can't speak a curse against them because their God is powerful. And I can't speak a curse. But the way you can cause them to fall is send your women to seduce them. And they got wrapped up in the women and what the women were doing. And then they said, and that's how they were able to, to sow some craziness. So, so we've got money, we've got sex. Think about this. This is the ancient world. And these are the things that are causing them to fall. Like we have to be specific about the things that are causing them to fall. Money, sex, and then also comfort. Typically when Israel would reach the mountaintop, oh, they were in the land, they had all the stuff. When they would reach the mountaintop, they forget about God. Oh, we here now, we don't need you. But I believe those three things that we constantly see with Israel are things that we should also be aware of in our life. Money, sex, comfort. These things, if we're not careful... They will draw us away from God. We see it constantly with the children of Israel. Throughout scripture, we see it time and time again. Over and over and over and over again. We see these three things. They're kind of like puppet strings. Somebody can... And they throw a carrot and Israel goes and chases it and ends up in some type of worship of some God and doing some crazy things in order to get money, doing some crazy things in order to have sex, doing some crazy things in order to to be comfortable and to what they deem as fun. Just, And and the, the thing about the mountaintop, we see this often. The thing about the mountaintop experience is that when they get to the mountaintop, there's really, (laughs) it feels like there's no place to go. So I start inventing horrible ways to have fun. But I believe that it's a warning to us. Pay attention to your behavior when it comes to these things. Pay attention to your behavior. Bailey says, Turn away from evil and do what is good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 34, 14. I believe that we are in the book of Judges so that God can show us even our heart, not in condemnation, but to say, hey, it's a dangerous slippery slope you're on. Colleen, says, spiritual warfare. You know, we're talking about, comp- about company and it can be bad in many different ways. I used to be, let me go back up. I used to be drawn to very depressed people. I was drawn to them, addicted to their pain. I couldn't, I could understand their emotion, but I had to be careful with that. It drugged me down and I had empathy more than I should have. Yeah. She said, it was exhausting though. We need to be careful who we think is real, even in their pain. Even salt can look like sugar. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes we look at books in the Old Testament and it's like, man, <laughs> why am I even reading this? This is so depressing. <laughs> like, like what, Israel, what are you doing? And I believe that we read it because God wants to show us, number one, himself, that He, when he makes a promise, he never turns back on it. He remained faithful to Israel even though they didn't remain faithful to him and every time they cried out to him he showed up. He sent one of the judges every time. So the idea here with God is that hey God's there. He will cry he will he will be there when you cry out. Period. No matter what you're going through, God is faithful. God is faithful. But also number 2 I believe it's a heart check for us. What will I do for prosperity? What will I do for money? What will I do um, for comfort in my life? Honestly, am I willing to give up the things that God has told me to do because it's not making me money fast? Am I willing to stop the things that God is calling me to do because it's uncomfortable? Would I prefer to just, to just go to church on Sunday, give a little bit of tithes, and then live my life without him interfering? What is my response when the money gets tight? And why do I say money? Because that's literally what, that's who Baal is. That's why they turned to worship him. It was for, for money, finances prosperity. So that's one of the areas that we really got to check our hearts. How many things that has God called me to do, but they weren't working fast enough and giving me fast enough money that I threw them out and went and chased something else. Because I thought that thing was going to give me a quick fix. Romans says heart check. What has influence over me that I am willing uh, to who God is? That I'm willing to give up who God is and everything He has done for me because of it. I'll be honest, y'all. I've been struggling in a particular friendship. Oh man, it's been just crazy for the past couple weeks. To the point where, I'll be honest, today, I wanted, y'all saw one day, it was so bad that I stopped, I didn't do mornings with Jesus that day. I couldn't do it. It was just so hot. It was so bad. And today, I thought about canceling mornings with Jesus again. Because some craziness happened again yesterday. And I thought about canceling it again. And God had to show, God is showing me right now. He's like, You're constantly throwing away what I tell you to do for the approval of your friends because you so desperately want friends. Where does that start? Where did that stem from? I will hold on to people even if I know, I know they're not good for me. Even if God has told me and I'll be like, oh no, no, no. I'll hold on y'all. I will hold on. I will fight tooth and nail. I don't like losing friends because I somehow internalize that as I'm a bad person because my, my identity somehow is wrapped up in what people think about me, what friends think about me, people that I've invested time and life into. And God has, is showing me right now. He's like, look, be careful of the times when you will chase friendship and lay down what I told you to do. Right? Be careful because it looks innocent enough. Oh, well, I just, I just really value friendship. I really value. It looks, it looks innocent enough, but it's dangerous. It is dangerous because I began to identify and I'm identifying right now. Every time something would happen with this particular friend for the past four weeks, I would lay down something with ministry every time. It didn't, it did not fail every time. And I was about to do it again today. Cause I was just so hurt. I was so hurt. And I was like, Oh, you know, every time. And then God had to show me, showing me right now. You're worshiping friendship. You're worshiping friendship. Why? Because in when I was younger, I felt like I felt like the, the oddball. I felt like the the outcast. I felt like the weird kid when I was younger. It probably was in my mind, but that's how I felt. And and I would watch like shows like Saved by the Bell, where they would have this group of friends, and I always just wanted that. I wanted that group. I'm like, oh, that would be so amazing. So anytime a friend chooses to leave or is, you know, talks about me and whatever, whatever, instead of letting them go, I will lay down everything in order to chase them, thinking that in some way I'm somehow righteous. Because, oh, well, God would, Jesus would lay down or Jesus would leave the 99 and go pursue the one. So I'm going to just focus all my attention on pursuing this friend and letting them know that this is a safe place for me. And God is showing me, look, it's my job to pursue the one, not, not yours. You do what I told you to do. And I say all this to say, that's how sneaky worshiping something else is. That's how sneaky it is. It it seems like, oh, it's so small. It's so small. It's a friendship. Woo. You, be, you better be careful because you might turn around and see that you have laid down everything God has told you to do in pursuit of this friend, in pursuit of that relationship, in pursuit of that man. You have literally laid down everything God has told you to do and you're pursuing them. That's idol worship. You have traded God to go chase after something else, that's idol worship. That's what it is. It could happen with money. It could happen with a friend. I'm telling you, look at your life and say, hey, what are the things that God has called me to do and why have I laid them down? Why have I laid them down? If you can identify why you laid them down, you'll find the idol in your life. I'm literally sitting right here. And this is just, God's like you, every time you had a fallout with this friend, you would lay down what I told you to do. You canceled mornings with Jesus once. He said, I gave it to you. I said, okay, you get one day. And, and the Holy Spirit was like, one day. You you get back up tomorrow. He says, but now you're about to do it again. You're about to lay it down again. And and the, the issue with this friend at this particular point came around the... um. Came around the, uh, what's, it, what's it called? The, the, the Bible study plan that I published on YouVersion. And so I was going to stop telling people about it. I didn't want to tell nobody about it. I wasn't even going to share it today. And God was like, nope. I told you to do that. I told you to share So you don't lay down what I told you to do because somebody else doesn't like it and because somebody else doesn't want to be around you because you care more about them. God had to catch my words because what I said was I would be willing to do anything if we could remain friends. That is what I said out of my mouth, y'all. I didn't see it as a problem then, but I said it to her. I was like, sis, you know, I, I really value this friendship. I would be willing to do anything. Just let me know what I have to do. God says, problem. You should never be willing to do anything. That is a problem. That's a problem. I didn't realize it at the point. At that time, it felt like love. It's a problem. That is a problem. And I'm putting all my business out on our front street so that we can see ourselves. when we idolize friendships when we idolize boyfriends when we idolize money when we idolize the house when we idolize the car that we would be willing to do anything and i meant that when i said it i've taken down i'm going to just put it put it down i've taken down videos off my channel because this person was offended by the video i have done I have taken, this is why I'm, I'm just sharing it because this is how dangerous it is. And I'm just literally just now realizing it. I've taken down videos because it offended her. I've, I've, I have I've canceled mornings with Jesus. I have stopped sharing about certain things. Why? Because I valued her approval so much. I valued her approval so much that I was willing to do anything even lay down, oh, this hurts to say it, but even lay down the things God called me to do. Because in my mind, in my mind, I had come to the conclusion that God will always be there, but this person is leaving. So I have to chase them. I'll come back to God. It's, it's a whole horrible thing and it's sneaky and quick to the point where you don't even realize it when it's happening. And God is like, you're going to have to let this go. You're going to have to let this go. You are now worshiping this person. Oh, I see my sister Tiffany. Just as I think, too, sometimes we find our identity in certain people and who we are in them. I think, too, uh, we can find our value in who we are in certain people instead of who we are in God and who he is for us. That's real. Bevy says, sister, I can identify with what you're going through because I share this platform with you. We must pray for each other in this situation. Absolutely. And it's excruciatingly painful for me. I'm, I'm saying all of this and I wanna cry, real talk. Cause really, I realize that friendship, the desire to belong, group of friends is an idol in my life that I've gotta let go. Every time I've almost quit faith mamas. It was over a friend. Every single time. Every single time. I was, hey, if they would have, if one of the friends would have said, I wish you would just stop doing this, I would have. And that's, that's scary. But I would have. I've contemplated it. I'm like, I, I, And this is why I say, pay attention to the things in your life that you're willing to lay down God in order to chase those things or those people. They might not be bad people. I'm not saying this person is a bad person, but my response to what they were doing was horrible. My response was bad. Some of the, the behavior was horrible, but my response was horrible. Allison says, I struggled uh, with this. Hold on, well, let me go up. Oh, she says, I can relate. It's hard standing alone, but God can fill the voids no person can feel. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Janice is true, Dominique. We are sheep, not the shepherd in those situations. Absolutely. See, just as I can definitely relate. Come on, God speaking to us then through my foolishness. <laughs> so I can definitely relate. I still feel like the oddball at times. I spent many years without no real friends. Jessica says, do I want to stay in, poverty, in a state of poverty? No, but I always say, God, I don't need millions in a group of friends or status just to just put in my hands enough for my needs. Ooh. And God will God will blow our minds. He's done it throughout scripture, right? So we, he will, the, I, the thought process though is just don't let the stuff and the friends and the whatever he does, don't let it have you. Don't chase it. Hi Quintia says, but letting go of people has made me see that God brings people in and out of your life to test you. Come on, and your faithfulness. It's real. It's real. To test you and your faithfulness. Tiffany says, like you said, the enemy is so sneaky. He uses something that is good and distorts it. It's just enough to bring us down, to take our eyes off God. Yeah. Allison says, I struggled with this during different seasons when people would become busy, leave or whatever, but God stays the same. So much comfort comes from knowing this. <sighs> Jessica said, Your family can too, especially when you come from a broken family. You become obsessed with trying to do everything to keep or create this family you've always wanted. It's real. It's real. And it, it, it doesn't seem dangerous at first. But then you start noticing that God is calling you to do this, and you don't have time. You lay down all the things, all the ideas, all the everything, whatever God has called you to do. You lay it all down, and you're chasing after putting their, their, this family back together. You, God may have given you children of your own, and you're not even paying attention to them because you're too busy chasing your 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 family of origin, or maybe you become hyper-focused on the family God's given you and trying to to not do what your family that you were raised in did. And you just, you, and it, it seems innocent at first. But it's not. But it's not. Genesis, yes, I was like that with my ex-husband. Thought I was loving him, but I was enabling. <laughs> my mama said, the devil comes to deceive. Come on, mama, you better say that thing. my <laughs> Yeah, it's real. Mary says, if you have to chase it, sis, it isn't for you. What's for you will always find, you, find a way to remain. It's real. The enemy will use anybody to distract you from obeying God. The enemy is crafty. Halina says, yep, we become prisoners to what others think, even when we're led by God. And he says the only permission, and he says the only permission, the only validation, the only opinion that matters in your journey belongs to him. Hmm. Bailey said there was about three years where I didn't have friends. My phone was bared, bone dry. Didn't have anyone that I talked to frequently. It was rough. But when God sent people in my life, they're some of the best people I've met. Hmm. Just as there were times where I know who I didn't want to be, who I didn't want to be the way I was, and I knew who I wanted to be, but there was a gap. There's a gap from getting from who I didn't want to be to who I wanted to be, but God, he filled the gap. And all of this to say, the interesting thing is that money isn't bad. The car, it's not bad, right? The house, it's not bad. The friend or wanting friends, that's not bad. It's not a bad thing. The problem becomes when we worship those things. The good marriage, it's not a bad thing to want. The problem becomes when we worship those things. And how do we know when we worship those things? All of a sudden we have no time to spend with God. We have have no time to pray. We have no time to worship. We have no time to, to be with him. Why? Because we're chasing. Whenever we find ourselves chasing, we're worshiping something else. Because the act of worship is actually an act of pursuit. When we worship God, we are pursuing him. So when we find ourselves without time to pursue God, because we're pursuing so many other things, we are worshiping those things. Whether it be a friend, like like many of you said, friends come and go, we know that. But when you find yourself chasing that friendship that you're like, nah, this one can't end. This one cannot end. No, 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 I'm gonna. Now you've, you've entered into the realm of not worshiping. Where you willingly lay down the pursuit of God in order to pursue something else. That's what the children of Israel did. They laid down the pursuit of God in order to pursue Baal, another God. Tiffany says, something I just talked to my oldest this week is friendship and what does it mean to be a friend? I think as adults, we need to think about that as well. Just because someone comes into our life or has been in our life for a long time, doesn't make them our friend. It's hard to say that and it sounds snooty, but we have to be picky about who we consider our friends. We always show love and kindness, period, but who we let into our lives and consider a friend We have to be picky. And we have to also be willing to let people go. If it's their season to go, we have to be willing. Genesis, the only thing we should be chasing is God Himself. Keep our focus so we are not led astray. Yeah. Brandy, ooh, this is a good one. She said, I prayed for God to direct me to women's organizations so I may build friendships. I became a member of multiple and desire to participate in everything to have some type of independence and feel like I haven't been as present as I should be at home, right? So (laughs) that's the thing. Sometimes the very thing God blesses us with is the very thing we then start pursuing. It's such an interesting thing. We see it with Israel, This is how how the enemy does. Same thing with Adam and Eve. What did he say to them? This fruit will make you like God. They were already like God. They already had that. But then they started chasing it. Chasing what you already had is like a dog chasing your tail. You'll never catch it. Why? Because it's already, you already got it. Chasing friendship when God said he's your friend. Chasing belonging when Christ says you belong with him. Chasing, chasing identity when God gives you identity. Chasing it out here when it's already in here. Chasing it out here when God already said, I, I dwell inside of you. I am with you always. When God already said that he's going to be with us, but yet we're chasing out here what God already promised us. And then we find ourselves trying to catch our tail. Plenty <laughs> says he is our source. All else is all else a resource. Yeah. Thalia so says, I can truly relate. I used to wear myself out trying to attend everything or be there for everyone and then realized it was all to be liked. So I... I All this today, I believe that God is just warning us and encouraging us to check our hearts and see if there are things that we're chasing. And we're putting down the pursuit of God. Because in God, we actually have all the things that we need. And anything that we need out here in the, this world, God will provide the needs. Our our focus is to chase him. Our focus needs to be to chase God. Pursue God. Pursue him. Pursue God. Not what God can do for you, because if you pursue what God can do for you, the minute that you don't like it how he did, you'll be off trying to pursue someone else that you think will give you what what you want from God. Pursue God. That's worship. Pursue God. Listen to him when he speaks. Obey him when he leads. Pursue him. Pursue God. Tiffany says, I think we also have to know that letting go of someone is not the same as giving up on someone. Giving that person back to the Lord is the best thing we can do for them and for us. Hmm. promises, Lord, help us to forget the need to be liked and start remembering that we are loved. Hallelujah. We can look at the children of Israel and we can identify the things that the enemy uses very regularly in their life, to lead them astray. The question is, do we know what the enemy uses in our life to lead us astray? For me, I recognize that it's finances, whenever I feel like some type of lack, and it's also friendships. They don't distract me, lead me right off to completely distracted from what God. But what is it for you? And God might reveal more things. There are certain things, certain things when the enemy pulls them, they don't look that bad. But when the enemy pulls on it, it gets you completely distracted. Identifying those things, surrendering those things to God helps us to, to, to be aware helps us to be aware right helps us to be aware helps us to be aware for some of us it's purpose i want to i want to chase purpose i, I want to lead i want to oh, what's my purpose what's my purpose what's my purpose what's my purpose this is my purpose this is my purpose purpose can become an idol too man Jessica says, I'm, I'm naturally a people pleaser because I'm too familiar with rejection. Yep, and I realize I'm that way too, but it's not naturally natural. It's a result typically of trauma or pain. And people pleasing becomes a way to protect. And then it turns into an idol. She says, even in dating or lack thereof was in my past when it would come to guys, I settled for friends with benefits. Yeah. Oh, this is so real. This is so real. When we identify the strings that the enemy is pulling. When we identify the strings that the enemy is pulling. And we say, ah, I see the string." And we surrender to God and we ask God for help for this stream to never to stop pulling us all over the place? Ah. Aha. Hallelujah. Baby says, my takeaway, pursue God. He is the only answer to all of our life's problems. Yeah, my mom says, someone once told me God's tests are greater than the devil's traps. Yeah. He's trying to grow us somewhere, right? (sighs) All right, we getting ready to pray out. Y'all, I done put all my business on front street. Pray for me. Because I realized, I think it was actually today right now that I'm getting the biggest realization that, ooh, girl, you got to stop idolizing these friendships. Real quick story. After the the one friend, um, one person started having some issues and things, I called my best friend, best friend in the whole world. And I said to her, don't you leave me too. I couldn't take it if you left me too. And God is showing me right now, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. problem. Because the reality is, People come and go. And we can't allow that to wipe us out. Friendships drift apart. People die before another. It happens, right? And what God is showing me here is like you get so wrapped up. That 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 God that the enemy can use that thing or that person to destroy your life because you've given it way too much power. I told I I called my friend. I was so devastated that this one friendship was just I couldn't I couldn't salvage it. I didn't even know why it was falling apart. It just all happened. It felt like for me it happened out of the blue. And I called my my best friend and I said, don't you leave me too. I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it. And God is just like, you are giving this friendship entirely too much power over you. And we've got to be aware of the things that we are giving too much power over us that we can't even enjoy them while they're there. Because we're so afraid to lose them. Right? So if there are things in our life that we're so afraid to lose, that we are convinced that if we lose this person, or if we lose this opportunity, or if this doesn't happen, we just can't make it, that is a big, big problem. A big sign of idol worship. A big sign that if this thing just doesn't come through, I can't make it. I can't go on. Because that is what the enemy wants to do. Wrap you up in worshiping an idol, then strip the idol from you so that you could just just, just no longer exist. But when we realize that everything on this earth comes and goes, enjoy it while it's there. Everything on this earth comes. Cars break down. People sell houses all the time. Some houses catch on fire. Things happen all the time. Loved ones, they leave, they die. Stuff happens. Things happen all the time. People move on. Come on. Even with children, I've heard people talk about how they, you know, their children grew up and decided they didn't want nothing to do with their parents. They just left. This stuff happens. So enjoy it while it's there, but don't get so wrapped up in it that you think you need it. The only one we need is God. That's the reality. Through him we live, Through him, we breathe. Through him, we have our being. And praise God that he gives us opportunities to have relationships with other humans, because it's a beautiful display. It should be a beautiful display of his love. But I cannot then become attached to the very thing that God gave me. If it's time for that person to move on or if it's time for whatever that thing is to be done or if it's time for someone to transition from this life to the next, I've got to let them go. I cannot be so wrapped up. I cannot be so wrapped up. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. I'm going to start with Bailey's prayer because I see it in here. And we're going to pray together. Bailey, we're joining you in prayer because it's powerful. Here we go. Father God, we lift up all our sisters who have been victims of rejection, trauma, emotional manipulation. I pray that you help them heal, and experience your love. May they experience your peace that surpasses all understanding. Let us address the hurt so it no longer controls our lives anymore. Help us break down the idols. Hallelujah. And Janice writes, Lord, help us to recognize who you are, who you say we are, and go forth embracing that identity. Let us live, love, and work in confidence because we are rooted in you. Father God, we lift up every individual that's here. We know that none of us are here by accident and that you had us all here for this study for a purpose and a reason. So Lord, I pray that hearts be mended that we are delivered from idol worship that we didn't even know we were in. Lord God, I pray that you help us to identify the things that are driving us and drawing us away from you. Help us to see you and to know you and to trust you above anything that we can gain on this earth. Help us to trust you and to know you You stay steady. You stay the same. You are our security. Help us, Lord, to place our security in you and nothing else. Help us to place our security in you, Lord, and nothing else. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, Hallelujah. I love you guys. I pray that you guys have an amazing Wednesday. I may not be in the app as much because it's my husband's birthday, y'all. So we gonna be doing the birthday thing. Uh, but I truly, I love you guys. I love this time that we have together. Do me a favor. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. I remember today, Erica, like, comment, share and subscribe. And if this ministry has um, touched your life in any way, please consider giving a donation. Y'all, God has put some great visions for this ministry in my mind, and I know he's going to do it. So every time someone gives, whether it's $5, dollars a dollar, whatever it is, $100, whatever it is, it truly does go into um, advancing what he's doing here. And you guys know one of the big, big things that we've been working on are the Faith Mamas uh, chapters. Can you imagine Faith Mamas meet up groups in cities all over the world? Italy, the Bahamas, Trinidad, Canada, throughout the United States. I'm excited to see what God does. Um, I'm excited to see what God does. I, I just really am. And um Yeah, Erica says, can I get a quick prayer on a trip to the doctor in Little Rock? Father God, we lift up Erica. Father, we lift her up and we ask God that you would be with her as she drives to the doctor. Lord God, that you would keep her safe. Lord, that you would give her peace that surpasses all understanding as she travels. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. And if you haven't signed up to attend the Faith Mamas retreat, please do. We have uh, tickets for in-person and also uh, tickets for tickets for in-person and also tickets for online. So please check those out. Jessica says, yes, where are all my Georgia Mamas at? Okay, y'all, don't mess with me. It's going to be awesome. And she said, I'll be in Baltimore soon. Hold up. Hey, I live thirty minutes from Baltimore, Jessica. When you get here, ring my phone, okay? I'm serious, like, no, seriously, ring my phone. Like, let's go to lunch. Let's do something. You can come to lunch on my house. Like, when y'all are in the area, like, if y'all are in the area in the DMV area, text me. We will go. We will go out, okay? The online tickets are now available. If you click retreat, you can go. You can get them online. Um, If you want to go to the retreat, virtual tickets are now available. There are seven tickets left for the in person, and we are excited to see what God does, y'all. I I I I was in the planning team's meeting for the retreat, and it's gonna be amazing. It's it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. So I'm just really really excited about it. Yep, I'm really excited about it. All right, y'all. Uh. Like, comment, share, and subscribe if this ministry has touched your heart. Anyway, please consider giving. Uh, thank you guys so much. Some of, some of you guys have signed up to be monthly patrons, which is amazing. We reached our first Patreon goal, was, which was $650 um, on Patreon, which is $650 monthly that's being contributed. Um, so yes. So please, please, please continue to give. It really does make a difference. I see my mom um, saying her husband's medical visit is today. Uh, Father God, we lift him up. Lord God, we pray, Lord, that you would give the doctors wisdom um, and that you would heal anything that needs to be healed in the name of Jesus. I love y'all. Have an absolutely amazing Wednesday. And I'll see you back here, Lord willing, same time, same place as we open up Judges chapter three. And I'm pretty sure we're in for a ride. Bye, guys.